Welcome to the Wisdom Journey. If you're new here, Stephen Davey is taking you through the Bible, all 66 books, with a new lesson each weekday. In Luke 10, Jesus sent out 72 disciples on a mission to proclaim his message. He provided some principles to follow that will give you a realistic expectation and a clear focus that'll help you successfully complete your mission in life. Stephen called this lesson a training manual for mission trips. Near the end of World War II, I have read that an airplane carrying members of the U.S. military crashed into the dense New Guinea jungle where uh, cannibal tribes were known to live. A rather daring rescue was was necessary, uh, and it did succeed. But I read that uh, this is what happened. A lieutenant colonel stood before 66 men in his battalion, and he, he needed 10 volunteers for this rescue mission. But first, he gave them an honest portrayal of what it would involve. He told them, first, they'd be jumping into unchartered territory. Second, The jungle would be so thick, they might never get past the trees. Third, if they survived the jump, the tribes who lived in that valley were cannibals. Well, when he finished, he paused and asked for 10 volunteers, and all 66 men stepped forward. But how's that for a recruiting strategy? Life's going to be difficult. There isn't going to be rest along the way. The natives are going to be hostile to your message, but there are people in that valley down there who need to be rescued. Well, that's the theme of what happens next in our chronological study through the Gospels. We're going to skip over now to Luke and chapter 10, where Jesus is giving 72 disciples an honest portrayal of the harvest field. He's going to send them out. Uh, on what we could call their first missionary journey. And and Jesus is is giving them, in a sense, the training manual, beginning here in verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others, that is, other than the 12 disciples, and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Now, sending them out two by two not only provided fellowship for each team, but encouragement. And in addition to that, it fulfilled the Old Testament's requirements that two witnesses would be necessary to provide valid testimony. Now, who are these 72 disciples? Well, they're unnamed. It's possible that many of them were people that Jesus had healed, you know, formerly blind Uh, lame men, lepers, because they'd been healed by a man whom the religious leaders were opposing, well, they would have never been allowed back into Jewish society. Uh, They would have remained ostracized. So Jesus evidently is collecting around uh, himself these individuals, and he points them here, Luke writes. And there's a wonderful principle that I want to draw from this scene before we go further. Here it is. God has appointed you for a place, and he's appointed that place for you. See, the word here in the text for 
appointed, he appointed them, refers to the appointment of someone to an office. So Jesus isn't just, you know, tossing these disciples to the wind. He's appointing them to a place within his divine plan. And let me tell you, beloved, you're not just randomly going through life today as a disciple of Christ in some, you know, haphazard series of circumstances. Your life is not an accident. Your life is an assignment. You happen to be on assignment from God today. Well, let me draw out another principle before we go further. Here it is. There is always more to do than you will ever be able to accomplish. Jesus says here now in verse 2, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. That's a nice way of of saying you're going to need help. Uh, The job I'm assigning is really too big for you, so start now praying for helpers. You know, maybe you've already discovered uh, the fact that, that you always need one more volunteer. Well, take heart, beloved. You're praying to the Lord of the harvest. That phrase means he's the Lord of it. He, he's in charge of it, the entire operation. He alone can provide the people and the provision that you need as you serve him there on your assignment. So pray and trust him to provide. Well, here's another principle I want to draw out from this training manual. Here it is. Obedience to Christ will not automatically make your life comfortable. Jesus says such uh, here in verse 3. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. (laughs) That's like saying, strap on your parachute. I'm going to send you down there where cannibals live. They're going to want to eat you. Well, there, there, there's nothing more defenseless than a lamb among a pack of wolves. But I want you to notice the most important words in that phrase are these, I am sending you out as lambs. That's another way of saying you're, you're not going to be alone. You see, their defenselessness is going to remind them of their dependence. If they live or die, it will be by his appointment and only by his permission, because he's the one sending them. And because he's sending them, no one can stop them unless by his own divine appointment. Now, is the Lord asking us to do something today that he wouldn't do? Well, let me remind you that that Jesus will eventually show these disciples what it means to become a lamb surrounded by wolves. You see, the Lamb of God is going to be crucified. He's going to be crucified, though, according to divine appointment. Now, here's a fourth principle as you keep a a, a realistic perspective on your appointed assignment. Here it is. The Lord is just as interested in developing your walk as he is in you delivering his word. Now, we get that from these traveling instructions beginning uh, right here in verse 4. Jesus says, carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. (laughs) Now, Jesus isn't telling his disciples not to be friendly, don't say hi, but to treat their mission with a sense of, of, of urgency. You need to understand that in these days, a greeting 
that could last through an entire meal or maybe even an entire day. Don't do that. Stay on track. The lack of a money bag uh, or extra clothing here, this is going to create total dependency on the Lord's provision every single day. You see, when you're serving the Lord, it's easy to become more interested in what God is doing through you than, than what God is doing for you. you. You miss those moments of provision. And I think that's the point of verses uh, 5 and 6 here and the potential of a, of a son of peace uh, being their host. A son of peace here would be someone interested in believing the gospel message hosting them in their uh, missionary journey. So these disciples are going to have to trust the Lord to lead them to to those homes, to a host. Uh, They're going to have to trust the Lord uh, even when they don't find a sympathetic host, uh, an audience that's interested in their ministry. Now, here's another principle. Don't forget that people you encounter are to be served, not used. Here in verse 7, Jesus says, Remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. Do not go from house to house. In other words, don't be on the lookout for a little nicer house or a better offer. You see, these disciples aren't supposed to, you know, move into a village and then move up the ladder as they stay there. Jesus is telling them, stay in the first house that offers you hospitality. Now, let me give you another principle. Expect your personal comfort zone to be stretched in ways you didn't expect. I want you to notice here, Jesus says in verse 8, whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. (laughs) That's specific, isn't it? He's saying wherever you land, whatever home offers you hospitality, eat whatever they're cooking. Reminds me of when my three brothers and I traveled with our missionary parents on deputation, and we, we'd pull into some driveway where we were invited to eat dinner. My mother would always turn around and repeat that little poem. Now, remember, boys, where he leads me, I will follow. What he feeds me, I will swallow. <laughs> well, that's exactly the point here that Jesus is giving these 72 men. Here's one more principle that I want to highlight today. Principle number seven. Here it is. Make sure you deflect any praise back to God. Jesus says here in verse 9, Heal the sick and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. You are, in other words, representatives of the king of a coming kingdom. You can imagine, can't you, the excitement in some village over these miracle-working disciples The blind can see, the lame can walk, the disabled are cured, the paralyzed are up and and running around without any pain. I mean, the village leaders are going to want to meet this pair of disciples. The crowds are going to want to honor them. Invitations for housing, for for meals are going to follow. Notice carefully what the 72 are told to say. The kingdom of God has come near you. In other words, this isn't about us. This is about the kingdom of God. This is about our king. And this is just a taste of our king's power. And our king alone deserves the praise and honor and glory. Well, there are more principles to come in this training manual. We'll get to some of them 
in our next wisdom journey. And until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. I'm glad you're sailing along with us today on this wisdom journey through the Bible. We'd be very glad to receive your comments, suggestions, or questions. In fact, Stephen answers questions people have about the Bible, and he posts those answers to our website. Write to us at info at wisdomonline.org. If you're writing with a Bible question, Stephen will get it answered and posted online as soon as possible. Again, it's info at wisdomonline.org. I hope we hear from you today. Join us again next time.